When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Robin Crane, and this is the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. Listen, I was a financial advisor for over a decade, and I got so sick of the old archaic strategies that your grandpa used to get clients. What the industry teaches today is still so outdated and just doesn't work anymore. So I had to find a better way for myself, and then I got obsessed with sharing these how-tos with other women like me. The stuff I teach doesn't require giving up your life, your sanity, or your family time. I want women like you to have it easier than I had it, so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. I'm here with Donna Mazzatelli, who believes that finding our voices is critical to living authentic lives. I agree with that as well. Uh, She's the founder of Writing with Donna and Mary Dissonance Press. She's an award-winning writing coach editor and publisher, and she helps uh, helps writers connect to their unique core voice so they can share messages crafted with heart. Donna's life experiences, which include two cancer diagnoses and significant personal family loss, have helped her grow her heart and compassion as well as her intuition, which she offers her clients through the writing and editing process. So really excited to have Donna here, and she's got some amazing news right here. So let's start with this big celebration coming up because you just, well, I'll let you share the news, Donna. Tell them, tell them. Oh, thank you, Robin. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, and the timing, I think, turned out perfect. So yes, I just I just launched my book into the world in February And however, I've kind of kept it quiet because the big party celebrations are this month. So on March 14th, I'm having an in-person event in Denver, Colorado. And then on March 21st, I'm having an online Zoom Zoom event. So um, to celebrate it. So and to get people from around the country to be able to participate. Very So I'm really I'm thrilled. Yeah, that's exciting. And so, um, yeah. and, And what's the book called? It's called Mosaic Heart, Pieces of an Unfinished Life. Awesome. So it's, yeah, it's about my journeys that you mentioned that I had two cancer diagnoses. So it's about my journeys through those experiences, but it's also about my marriage and what happens in the context of my marriage in that span of years, as well as um, even just me just coming into why I'm at, why am I here and what am I meant to do with the rest of this life? Awesome. So give us, I mean, don't tell us the whole book, but like, I mean, you couldn't couldn't possibly anyway, but give us some of the big learnings. And I'd love to hear your story just about cancer and going through that. Cause I think um, just as you said, when people are willing to share their heart and experiences, it really, and vulnerability, it really helps us get through a lot of things. I was actually listening to a Tony Robbins video this morning or watching and listening Uh to Tony Robbins video. And he was talking about how, you know, we see 
problems, like whatever problem is right now, we see it as a big problem. And you might see a problem where you're like, okay, well, my marketing isn't working. I don't have enough prospects on my calendar. And you feel like it's a big problem. And Tony was saying, well, that's not a problem. If you, you know, and he was telling a, a giving it, telling a story about a guy who lost his legs, like he actually quadriplegic, like lost his arms and legs or use of his arms and legs. And he's like, that's a problem. Like, you know, and, and he kept actually going through all these things. Like, it's not a problem. Like it's a problem. You don't have quality prospects, but the problem, it's not a problem. Um, like compared to you can't, eat like you can't pay to eat you know that's not a problem compared to your your child like having um some sort of cancer it's not a problem compared to compared to compared to you know all these things and yeah. you see these things as problems until you're slapped in the face with something like cancer and and how, so how was that experience for you and how did it change your life well so i i had can i had breast cancer in back in 2007 and at that point i was scared to death of cancer i mean i was scared i had two 12 year old daughters and you know, I just didn't know if I was going to see them grow up. So I was freaked out. I also was just convinced that I could find a way alternate to Western medicine. And, you know, out of that fear, I, I feared the treatment as well. So, you know, I just went on this quest to find an, another solution. That's all through the story. That's, I mean, it's all, that's all the, the first part of the book. Um, the second diagnosis, um, seven years later, different kind of cancer, anal cancer. Um, my daughters are out of the house at that point. And um, I, you know, it was like, what didn't I learn the first time? Because I came to learn some things. Yeah, you know, it's like I did come through some learning. But it's like, what didn't I get? What is it that why is this here again? And um, ultimately, where I came to and, and it's on the back cover, so I'm not giving anything away. But it's like, I realized that cancer was here as a friend, as an ally as a companion in my life, as something to love and embrace because that cancer that I had in my body was a part of me. So if I hated it, if I battled it, I was battling me. And I realized that, you know, it's like we have to embrace whatever, whatever happens. Ultimately, I had to go through treatment, the treatment I had not wanted to ever go through, which was chemo and radiation. And I had to embrace that too. I mean, I didn't have to, but I chose to. So it was like, I really surrendered to the whole, to the disease, to the process of, of releasing the disease. And it really was about releasing it and thanking it. It was like blessing and releasing it wow. back into universal flow. So that's amazing. Yeah, do you, do you listen to Abraham Hicks? Sometimes. Yes. Okay, and have definitely. in the past. Yes, definitely. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. If, you're, if you're listening to the podcast and you don't know Abraham Hicks, um, and she talks about the law of attraction, but it just reminds me of that because it's like, you know, if there's, there's no resistance and we accept it and we're in the vibration of love and, and all these positive vibrations of, you know, even hope and acceptance and all these things are talking about, like you saw it as a friend, mm -hmm. then we, you know, we get the experience that we ultimately want. And she even says that, that this sounds very morbid, but that, that death is that for, for people who die, it's basically the path of least resistance. Like you get what you get, the path of le least resistance. And if you can yes. create the path of least resistance to be, be friends with your cancer and be friends with, and, and, and be okay and accept what's happening, then right. you can end up going in the direction that you want to go. And that's, it's basically the path of least resistance, but um, yeah, I'm really into that stuff. And I also am into alternative methods as well. And it's interesting you said that because I mean, I haven't had anything 
as horrible as cancer by any stretch, but I used to have colitis and I was very much mm-hmm. like, and, and back then I was, I think a lot more angry at the world, maybe, or maybe at, just at my colon, but, um, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to, you know, I don't want to take medicine my whole life at 16 years old. They told me I had to take medicine yeah. for the rest of my life every single day. Mm-hmm. And I was supposed to be popping these pills and I, I couldn't really notice a difference, but it would help, you know, the symptoms go away, but I'm like, this doesn't make sense that I'm just going to keep putting more and more medicine. I'm 16, you know, put more and more medicine in my body every single day for the rest of my life. And so, you know, there's a ton of things that I ended up trying, you know, herbs and, and acupuncture and I mean, just so much stuff and, and more, more than anything, I think it was mindset that just got me to a point eventually. And it wasn't until I think 40 ish, you know, actually when I had my first, first kid, where I finally got rid of it completely. Like I had never continued taking the medicine for years. I just, you know, it kind of came and went, came and went probably due to stress, but I just refused to believe that I just had to be on medicine every single day for the rest of my life, which maybe was resistant, which is why I didn't go away at at first. But I I was definitely very much on that path of, you know, I want to have, I want to, I don't want to put things in my body. I don't need to, but then there are times and, and just, sorry, it's just reminding me of one other thing is that same thing when my, when I was pregnant with my son, we wanted to have a home birth. We wanted to do it naturally. We had planned to do it in the water. Everyone says never goes as planned, but we're like, no, it's going to work out for us. And all these things near the last, uh, in the last trimester started happening. I was having these heart palpitations and um, I, I was already 40 or over 40. And so they were already saying you're at risk because you're old as, as shit. And then, you know, all these things. And then it got to a point where there were too many, oh, I was risked. Uh, I didn't have gestational diabetes, but the first test was positive or negative or whatever it's not supposed to be. But anyway, exactly. so they were like, we, we can't take that risk. And I had to then go into the hospital, but not only that, by the time he was due, I still wasn't getting contractions. And in the end, he ended up being 11 days late. I had to, you know, of course, get Pitocin and have, be induced and all of these things. And it was actually in the end, one of the most beautiful things that ever happened because I, you know, had an epidural and I didn't feel anything. And so I watched him, you know, be born and through the mirror and all that stuff Mm -hmm. that that guys listening to this podcast wouldn't want to know, but it was like, it was gorgeous in the end and it worked out perfectly. Mm -hmm. And then I got pregnant with my daughter a couple of years later and we planned to actually do IVF to even get pregnant with her. And we didn't end up having to do that. And everything worked out perfectly naturally. She basically flew out of me. Um, and it was, it was just amazing. But I think at that point I was so much more in a space of, of, you know, less resistance and just acceptance and let's see how it goes yeah. and flow and not like it has to be the certain way. And this is the way I want it. Yes. It sounds like it's kind of how, how that happened for you. So, oh. so how can, you know, the audience, those listening use this to help them in business and in life so that they can you know, get more of what they want or to like, what, what was your main purpose of the book to inspire people in what regards? Cause I want to make sure they get that main point. You know, I think the biggest thing of all is that we have to love ourselves. I, I mean, I, I think I know that's overly done overly used, but it's like, we have to embrace whatever's happening. And of course, open with with our minds and our hearts as much as possible to see what's here. What are we being presented with? And you never know what you're going to discover. And just what you said about, we might have a plan. I can tell you my story partly is about, I had a plan that I was going into a green living business as a result of my first experience. And I started that business. And after a year, I had like 
less than 10 people who had ever gone through all the classes I provided, the shopping experiences that I created, all the things that I had, the opportunities for people, nobody was showing up. And I was like, I'm going to networking. I'm doing all this stuff. What the heck's going on? And what I really realized is what was there is there was so much anger and fear still within me in terms of what I had been through. I hadn't still totally come to accept what I had been through. And I was still so afraid of that I'd get it again, that, you know, that all of the environmental things that we contend with are what's doing this to us, poisoning us. I mean, and I'm not, den- I'm not saying I returned flipped, you know, 180 degrees from there, but it was like, I was in, there was just so much underlying of fear and anger that until I let that go, it wasn't going to work. And what I really came to, and there's a whole thing in the story of what happens, but I really found my path, which was to help other people write their stories. So I've been working on other people's stories for over a decade. I'm finally releasing mine, but um, it was that because when I tapped into someone's story, I could go and be with you in your pain. I could go and be with you wherever you were and whatever you'd experienced and work with compassion, which had been missing, which was missing in all of the green living business that I was trying to do. Um, It wasn't there. It was, there was a lot of judgment, I guess I can say too. So I don't know. I just came to that. There's this really important piece of whatever we do, there's got to be some element of compassion and acceptance and even love for wherever we are and wherever if it's our clients, wherever they are. And be able to walk with them instead of being overly pushy or, you know, making them feel like crap because they're not doing what they should be doing. It's like all those things that, you know, can that we can do that to ourselves, beat ourselves up really well. So we don't need other people beating us up on top of it. So I don't know. It was just a huge, a huge eye opening experience. And I can tell you that the clients have continued to come to me. They, I have referrals, I have repeat customers, you know, it's because I do work in this way. That's like, it's just in flow and it's natural and there's nothing pushed pushy about it. And so I think that that makes all the difference. I mean, I'm just such a big believer in that. And I have to constantly work on myself and remind myself like, okay, just do you, is it better to be upset about that right now? Or is it just like, okay, if I just let it go, probably good things are going to happen. So like, how can I just, just take a moment, let it go. Yeah. I'm stressed. Okay. Well, what if, you know, what if this is perfect? Everything's just lining up and this stress is going to help me, you know, get a better result or be able to provide more value or something like that. I'm constantly like working on my mindset on that because my pattern too, is to get frustrated and angry or, or, you know, upset about something and silly things sometimes, you know, like Mm -hmm. that is just when I just keep going back to like, everything is always working out for me. Like, of course, like perfect. Like this is what I need to get me to where I want to be. So I think that's, that's really beautiful. So what got you, like, that's really interesting that after 10 years of you writing and helping other people write that now you wrote your book. So what shifted, like what happened that made you decide to finally write your own book? Well, that book was in process through those whole, all 10 years. So my book's been, you know, when I started working on other people's books, I was already working on mine. Um, and I just kept setting it aside or, um, you know, there's a lot of perfectionism going on. You know, it's just not there yet. And of course, then I got cancer a second time. So that really shifted, whoa, what I thought the book was going to be about, where I thought the story was going to go. Um, it had to change. And actually, I have, there's two books. I mean, it's like there's this story and then there's a second memoir, which is about motherhood and addiction. And that story is in process of writing. But at first I thought it was going to all be in one until I got cancer a second time. 
And then it was like, no, there was more to learn from, from cancer. And there was a, and I mean, the biggest part of what I needed to learn came with the second experience. Then that's, so that's, that's kind of what made it so that then the book had to really, I had to really shift. I had to really look at how was I going to adjust it? What I had to process what I had just been through. So, um, you know, get far enough on the other side in order to be able to write about it with some like being in the moment, but also with introspection. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's, that's amazing. Um, and one of the things actually I mentioned before we started recording is that my husband also has a publishing company and he helps write books. He doesn't do the writing so much, but he helps them get clear about who they want to, you know, who they're really talking to in the book. And then what's the purpose and the, 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 what are you driving people to? Because we're typically using the book to be our most powerful marketing tool in order to get clients and that sort of thing. Um, but one of the things I talk about a lot, cause I kind of stole his strategy and his strategy essentially is to interview people for the book well before the book comes out, because then you can mm-hmm. profit from the book because a lot of those people end up becoming clients or they introduce you to people who become clients You can profit right. from the book before the book even comes out. And so I've been telling my clients, uh, especially with this pandemic, like I've been telling them like, write a book or at least consider writing a book. So you can actually mm-hmm. go through this interview process and it also allows you, you know, we don't talk a ton about like how it, to capture your story, but I do think one of the purposes of the book is to have a voice and especially Mm -hmm. in the financial industry, you know, which is the audience here, uh, financial or insurance industry, women, especially don't have a voice, you know, they're not told to tell their stories or the stories of their client. They're told to fact find and get the numbers and then sell them something in a way that doesn't sound like that. But that's ultimately really what we were, we've been taught to do. I was in the industry for 10 years myself. So it's like, it's, it's so dry and it's so, inauthentic. Is that the right word? Is that, do you, mm-hmm. is that how you say it? not authentic, yep. inauthentic? Yep. Okay. Not yep. authentic. Uh, and <laughs> that works it's too. Like, <laughs> whatever <laughs> you guys get it. Um, but it's true because it's, it's like, nobody cares about the numbers really. You know, they care about what the numbers are going to give them. Nobody wants, you know, it's not just about when you want to retire. It's about what does your retirement look like? Or what does that life look like? And how you can you create that? And if you're only talking to them numbers and charts and, and performance and whatnot, which most women don't want to talk about and don't like to talk about, and right. definitely the clients don't, then it's, it's, it's very dry. And it's also just not influencing or, or, or motivating people to take action. And so I think it's so important, like everyone should have a book. And I think like to I share your story and motivate people. Yeah, absolutely. And it's how we feel our connection to each other. And, and if it's not that I, I when I work with clients, I say, it's not about believing on the page because that's not the place to go. It, but it's telling the truth. It's and it is giving yourself voice, so you can be really authentic and show some vulnerability. And clients are going to connect with you more, and they're going to believe you more. I, I think. I think they're going to yeah. believe us. You know, when we are more self-disclosing, and also be more inspired and encouraged. I mean, if if you're able to share that, you know, this decision I made didn't go well, you know, and it actually was a big setback in my life. Um, financially or otherwise. And yet then I found a way through that and came to be, you know, where I am today. Well, that to me is, I'm going to listen more than if you just say, Hey, I'm here today. And this is, look at how great I am (laughs) and look at how great things are going. And you too can have this. Um, I don't know. I I like the backstory. I, I love hearing the backstory. 
So, and everybody does. I think that's very, very common. And the people even who say they don't want to know the backstory or they don't want the vulnerability. I mean, I used to believe the vulnerability was weak. Like I was afraid Mm. to be vulnerable because I thought it made me look weak. And actually I mentioned Tony Robbins, like I learned from Tony Robbins that vulnerability was power. And I I remember he said that I'm like, I don't get it. Like I just don't Uh get it. I could not, I had such a block thinking, and I grew up like my whole life thinking I was stupid. It was funny yesterday, my son, who's four years old now, he said, he said something was stupid. And I said, honey, like, I don't want to hear it. Don't use that word. I don't want to hear that word. I don't like that word. And he said, why? And I said, because nobody wants to feel stupid. And he wasn't talking about a person, but still like, I didn't want him to use that word to me. That's such a bad word because my whole Mm -hmm. life I thought it was stupid. And so he, my, my son is so interested in stories. I mean, he's like, but mommy, can you, tell me about when you were stupid. And I was like, I didn't say I was stupid. I said, I thought I was stupid. I felt stupid Maverick. And he's like, well, tell me again when you were stupid. And like, cause he's so interested in the story right? and he wants to understand. I was telling him how I didn't know what a tripod was. And my mom said, you know, what a tripod is tripod three, you know, like trying to teach myself. But I mean, I had all these references to why I wasn't smart. And of course, when I, when Tony Robbins says like, share your vulnerabilities, I was like, no, I can't tell people that I thought it was stupid. I can't tell people that I'm not smart. You know, now I just th- say is inauthentic. i actually, is that the right word? And like on my podcast with thousands of people and I just don't care. Like I get words wrong all the time. I don't have a great vocabulary. Like that's just me. That's who I am. And I don't try to pretend that I'm anything else. Right. And that's allowed me to, to really connect. And that's my vulnerability. And now when I hear like my clients, they don't understand that vulnerability is, is powerful and empowering. I'm like, no, you don't understand. It's everything. Like that's right. who you are. And you got to share how you've overcome those things. If you're a financial advisor and you're like, I'm $200,000 mm-hmm. in debt, woohoo, work with me. Like that's probably not the part you should share necessarily. Like you got to overcome some things, but even if you aren't making millions, but you were in debt and you got out of debt, there are people right. you can help that are in debt now and don't know how to get out of debt. So finding the the areas where you have overcome challenges and sharing your challenges, it gives, it not only gives permission to others to be vulnerable and share the same, but it allows them, like you said, to connect and to resonate with you and want to work with you because they know you're going to be real and you're going to be truthful and and honest. Well, awesome. Well, so anything else to add before we tell them kind of where to find you and how to get involved in this exciting book launch? Well, I think just what you said, I would just echo that. I think that people, I would encourage people to, to be more, more self-disclosing and, um, you know, just let people in a little bit more because I do think that then clients are going to love you, appreciate you, um, want to stay with you and also believe what's possible for them. And at the end of the day, isn't that what we're trying to do is if we, when we share our stories, we're saying, you know, I'm not the only person in the world that this could happen for or to, and, you know, I could end up here. This can happen for you too. So I just really would say I would encourage to, you know, and I don't want to get into too much of the masculine and feminine and all that, but we've definitely have been, you know, trained and raised to believe that we have to be this very stoic, you know, um, we got to look like we wear a suit of armor all the time, right? You know, can't, I mean, even think about how women would dress in the workplace and I don't, I, I don't work in the workplace anymore, but, um, you know, the, the blue suits and the, you know, just the way, you know, you had to look a certain way so that you looked like you were, um, you know, somebody to take seriously. And I just think that we can be taken seriously and still show this other softer, more vulnerable part of ourselves, men and women. So Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm kind of 
maybe sometimes overly authentic, I think, because like, <laughs> I have these calls. I have lately have a lot of clients introducing me to people and, and I just, I was at the gym this morning and got on a call, you know, like sitting, I'm an actor. I was, I wasn't like on the elliptical, but I was, you know, sitting uh, at a table and I made my hair is back, no makeup, you know, and I'm wearing like a, you know, workout shirt. And that's often how I'm showing up on Facebook lives. Like, you know, I've been waking up at 5am in the morning um, over the last couple months. And so like, I've been recording Facebook lives in the dark with my sweaty face. And it's like, you know, people don't like that. I'm okay with it. Cause I, I'm not going to show up in a suit anymore. And I, I used to, as a financial advisor, I totally wore the blazer. It was black. I also uh-huh. think I have had a blue oh, one. Oh, black. But, okay. You know, the black <laughs> or the blue blazer, but like the blazer or the suit or whatever. Like yep. I can't even imagine wearing a suit now. Um, but, you know, half the time I'm, if I'm doing a podcast or something, I'm only dressed from the waist up. Right. You know, I mean, I wear clothes on the bottom, but I'm definitely not wearing anything nice. Um, half the time I'm not wearing a bra, like no one needs to know that, but like I'm overly authentic sometimes and TMI. Right. But, but I think that's the people who gravitate towards me appreciate that. And it gives them permission to not have to, you know, hold their head up high all the time and be perfect. And one of the huge things that I talk about all the time with my clients is like, don't let perfect get in the way of possible. I know I didn't write that quote, but like, it's constantly getting in their way of, of this perfect, you know, this need to be perfect where it's just. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I would say, had I, um, had I really gotten hung up on the perfection piece of it, I could still be, my book could still be sitting in the drawer. You know, it's like at some point we just have to pull the trigger and just let ourselves be who we are at this moment in our life. Maybe we won't be who we are today in two years or five years from now or 10 years, but show up and be who you are today and not have to apologize for it, not have to try and cover it up. Just, you know, be real. It's like, we need more real. We need more real. Amen, sister. I love that. I love that. Okay. So tell them where to find you and if they want to get. So, yes. So the best place to go is writingwithdonna.com. That will take you and tell you about my book. It tells you also about me as a writing coach and an editor. And it also has a connection to my publishing site. So, um, which is marydissonancepress.com. But just start at writingwithdonna.com. Writingwithdonna.com. Okay, we can all remember that. And I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram. I'm just getting going on Instagram. So, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I haven't been on it much. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, so but you're there. I'm we'll in those we places. can start yeah. getting the following now from this podcast. Yes, Very cool. Definitely. Go, go follow her on Instagram so she can be Thanks, really Robin. confident in that. <laughs> awesome, Donna. Well, so great to have you. I love um, all those takeaways. To talk to such, you. Such good takeaways. And, and I mean, just great reminders. It's so important. So thank you for joining us, all of you listening. Thank, thank you. you to Donna. Bye-bye. Thank you. Take care, everybody. I actually have the link for the tag challenge, the appointment generator challenge. So instead you can just go to femalefinancialadvisors.com and register right now so that you can get five quality appointments in just five days. Now, this is not around, you know, you having to talk to friends and family and get all awkward. This is not about you having to spend marketing dollars online or create a whole funnel. This is going to be easy. It's simple. It happens in five days. If I can get you five quality appointments in five days, then you know that you can have the best year of your life because you just need to get in front of more of the right people. We will walk through it together as we do it. So do not miss this. And if 
you can, if you're smart, do VIP, spend a few extra bucks, and you can actually spend time with me on Zoom where I can connect with you, get to know you, and really help you get those quality appointments so that you can grow your business. And um, go ahead again, register at femalefinancialadvisors.com. You'll find it all there. It's happening, coming up very, very soon. So make sure to register, claim your spot, get in on this, get excited about it, block your calendar because you need to spend about an hour to an hour and a half uh, a day with me on the Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so that you can get these results and it does work. The most appointments I think we got in those five days, uh, someone I think it was Dana got 33 appointments. So you could be my best student and go well beyond the five quality appointments. Go to 10, go to 15, go to 20 and set your, yourself up for the best year ever. Can't wait to see you at the tag challenge. See you there. Thank you again for listening to Growing Your Financial Business the Woman's Way. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.